Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the Coriolis Rules by Free League Publishing. This actual play is performed by adults and contains adult themes. Strong language, powerful factions, and adventures across the third horizon await. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your storyteller, Michael Diamond. My pronouns are he, him. And I will be assisting you in another expansive view of the Third Horizon Day as we come back to Coriolis, Children of the Periphery. And we get kickstarted here with immediate introductions to my right. Hello, this is Morgan and I play Captain Amara Kasra. Our pronouns are she, her, and we are about to be boarded. So let's get this party started. I bring the party and the ruckus to Captain Kazra's right. Hi, this is Ali, and I play Kainat, and our pronouns are she, her, and we're being invaded. In some form or semblance therein, yes. At the end of the table. Hi, this is John. I'll be playing Fida, our ship's mechanic. We both use the pronouns he, him. And I had a little trip. And I had a really nice nap. So everything's fine as far as I'm concerned. Certainly. There's nothing wrong. It's been a nice, pleasant trip as far as you can tell. Two fighters, right? Hi, this is Rena. My pronouns are they, them, as are my those of my character, Tamarisk Anvari, our courtesan. And I'm doing my best to be culturally respectful. Indeed. We'll see how um, how that fares for you as we continue. And last but most certainly not least. Hello, I am Rosie, she, her, of Odd Duck Dice, and today I am playing Icarus, also she, her, who is the pilot of the periphery, and Icarus has promised Rakam, our ship's AI, a fresh paint job if Rakam does not kill the boarding party, because Rakam is already mad about the chipping of their paint job. It's a pretty nice paint job, right? So... I think it's reasonable to be a little protective of it. We'll see how Rakam does as, as the events of today unfold. And so, with a snap hiss and a long mechanical exhale, the internal side of the airlock of the periphery opens. And you can hear and see people begin entering the ship. Now, before they do that, I'd like to know if any of the player characters were prepared or are headed to that space to greet their new guests. I'm already there as of the end of last episode. Okay. Tamarisk would have headed down there as well. Icarus is keeping her butt in the pilot chair. At the moment, we all know that Fida's a little sleepy. I got a little bit of a knock. It's okay. I'll be all right. Just... Let me sleep it off. It's fine. All right. Kainat, are you um, staying quiet? Chances are that I will linger in an in-between space between the med bay and greeting our new guests somewhere that I kind of can kind of see the action, hear the action, know what's kind of going on without having to be like crowding 
the space on the ship as it is. That makes sense. So, Captain, three armored men walk onto the ship in a tight arrow-shaped formation, leaving three back in the connected airlock space behind them. They're armed, as I mentioned before, but they're not brandishing any sort of firearms or rifle weaponry. Right? Hands are open and free, and they very respectfully bow and greet you and say, may the eight wisdoms share their tales with you soon. Yeah, I, I bow deeply to them as a as a sign of respect. I am Armand Bijan, the head of the portal inspection crew. Could you please show me to your cargo hold? Right this way. I lead the way to uh, the cargo hold. Mm-hmm. So, Tamarisk, are you going with the captain then? Yes, I'll be following them. So walking down through the ship, you get a sense of the body language that these three inspectors have. They seem very professional, but they also seem very curious. So they are paying attention to everything and anything within their visual range. You get to the cargo hold, which is for the most part empty at this point, minus the box that's attached to the wall, the black one and some of the consumables that are stored here for longer trips, like this one, because the galley can't carry all of it at the same time. They walk over to the consumable boxes and gesture to them. Please, open. Sure, I I open it. They begin a very slow process of going through and looking at every single freeze-dried bag of food and... Anything plant-based, anything seed-based, all of it. They inventory it and they match it against the list that shows on the outside of the container in a one-for-one basis. It is arduous and a little boring. During that time, Icarus, the bridge gets a series of visitors. Three men in armor, which you saw on some of the view screens here, they make their way from the connecting airlock into the bridge area. Icarus spins her chair around. I'm assuming it's one of those fun swivel things. And says, oh, (laughs) hello. Welcome to the periphery. Have you said hi to our captain? I I think she was meeting your party at the the airlock. They acknowledge you with um, a bit of a, a smile and a nod. And then they fan out and start looking at instrumentation panels and looking like they're looking for a missing sock. There are no quick movements that they're making. They're being very slow and sort of at a determined pace. One of them hangs back a little bit closer towards the captain's chair and and the flight navigational chair. Well, we have not had the pleasure of uh, meeting the captain directly, but I'm certain we will in no time. We're doing a... uh, general inspection of the ship before it enters, well, before it gets too far from the portal, should there be any um, objections to it being in Sunnel space? Of course. Let us know if there's anything we can do to, to help. I'm just going to keep sitting here and do my job. That is a, um, a flight suit? Yes. Hmm. 
I added pockets to it, but it's a flight suit. This is what I do. I wear, I fly, wear flight suit. Yep. Oh, very interesting. He steps away towards a back area. You see him take out a, a data pad and he makes a couple of notes and tucks it back into his uniform. Fida, you wake up like you've been hit by a bolt of lightning. No. You're in the Medicurgy lab. Oh, your shoulder's sore. It's got the constant dull throb. Oh, my head. He just like goes, moves each finger, moves each, wiggles his toes. I don't think he can move each toe individually. I don't, I just don't think that's someone fighter is. And he's just, yep. Okay, everything's where it should be. Can I make fists? Oh, yeah, you can. You can certainly make a fist. Next step. Can I sit up? Yeah, that's, it takes a little work. Mm-hmm. As he, like, tries to lift himself up, his left shoulder just, that dull throb just gets a, each wave of it's just stronger and stronger. And he's just like, okay, I can't use that arm for now. That's, I shouldn't use that arm for now. It's so bright in here. Why is it so bright? Hey, John, why don't you have Fida make me an empathy roll? I would love to. Four dice, one success. One success is all you need. Oh, boy. The intricate tattoo work on your forearm starts to throb. It starts to shift. That's happened a couple of times now. He kind of looks down at it to see if it's moving. Yes, it's beginning to move. Oh, gee. Oh, that's not great. All right. All right. He's just going to focus on breathing for a little bit. Try and keep his cool as best he can. Okay. And uh, think, okay, where are my clothes? And why didn't they put a blanket over me? All wonderful questions. Mm Mm-hmm. Wonderful questions. Back in the cargo bay, the process has continued to the second container. They have not begun to put the things back into the first container yet, but are starting on the second one. Gentlemen, will you be cleaning up after yourselves? The lead inspector turns around. Once we are finished, of course. Mm, I appreciate that. You are free to go about whatever business you have, Captain. I'm certain we can inspect these two or three boxes in a timely manner. I'm sure I do have other things to attend to. Tamarisk, would you be so kind as to help these gentlemen with any needs they might have if they get lost in the ship? Of course, Captain. We can't have anyone getting lost. If you need me, um, please call over the intercom. I will not be far. They nod. I head back to the bridge. Back on the bridge, before you've arrived, Captain, one of the men who came up for inspection, Icarus, walks back over to you. Not the initial man that you spoke to, but a different one. And while his compatriots are a little bit further away inspecting things, he looks at your flight navigational control pad and the messaging center nearby. And he points to the messaging center and says, is this where you send and receive ship-to-ship messages? Yes. Do you mind? He sort of gestures to the panel. No, not not at all. 
and she doesn't get out of the chair, but she does like scoot it back so that he can get there. But she is not moving away from her station. She's going to let the search happen, but is not interested in releasing her total control over the space. I would like Icarus to make a wits observation roll. Three successes. You watch as this inspector, this member of the inspection team, begins tapping very quickly on some of the messaging controls. When he does so, he brings up a wide keyboard, not just the simple one that you use to sort of quick reply messages, but this is the the, the full version of it. He taps out a message on the pad, and you watch as the display text appears on screen and it says please whatever you do help me get out of here that's the message she sees him typing mm-hmm. she mutters Shallah, under her breath and thinks to herself this is a trap this is a trap I'm just going to keep sitting here and do nothing but what she says out loud is hey I thought you were just gonna be looking at stuff Well, it's important to make sure that there haven't been any um, improper transmissions. The first man that you spoke of who's gone to the front to um, make sure that the paneling is properly installed on the vessel turns around and says, You're absolutely correct. We should have an inspection of the log of the ship, the beginning of its journey to here. Okay. It hasn't been that long, though. We're, We're the periphery's first crew. Then it should be a quick search. That's what you hear, Captain, as you enter the scene. Oh, gentlemen, this is our lovely Captain. Captain Amara. Gentlemen, what are you looking to search? Well, it's within reason, I think, to make sure that you're not harboring any ill communications. And an inspection of the... Chapel, it seems, revealed that you have a station to the Faceless One. Is that true? I look over at Icarus. Like like I said, we're the first crew on the periphery. I honestly haven't been to the chapel yet, but if that's what you, you saw, we haven't really gotten comfy yet. The man stands up a little, a little straighter, sort of sets back his shoulders a second. How long have you been on this vessel? Like two days? And she she has not seen the chapel in two days? I'm the only pilot? How how liberal are you with your rules here, Captain? I am so sorry. We are not like that here on this ship. We are vigilant about our our sacrifices to the icons, our daily prayers, if not more. I will be writing you up. My apologies, Captain. I'll go take care of that right now. Do you know how to fly this ship? I probably do. Okay, then. I'm happy to assist, Captain. You hear the voice overhead. Oh, Rockham. Wonderful. Can you take over for Icarus while she is completing her lack of duty? Do you see the inspector you were talking with sort of look up and around? What is this? A gin? You harbor a gin as well? No. No, no, no. Those are things of fairy tales. Have you ever seen a djinn? Yes. Yes, I have. They walk among us. Oh. Should I be worried? 
Could one of my crew be a djinn? Could one of yours? I believe you are being far too flippant. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Sorry, I mean no disrespect. I'm not certain I believe that. No, that, that is our AI, Rakam. Hmm. He is here to help. Good. What else can I do for you? Do you need a cup of tea? Hmm, that would be very pleasant. Thank you. I call overhead. Kaina, can you get a cup of tea from the galley? I'm not leaving these guys on the, the bridge by themselves. That's my internal thinking. Hey, Chris, what are you doing? Are you heading to the chapel? Yep. No no reason to piss these guys off. You head into the chapel. It's a little dark in here, but that's to be expected because it's a space where one uses to, to speak with the icons. Your icon is in no way the faceless one. You speak with the with the Lady of Tears. Uh, that's an as- a specific aspect of the Lady of Tears. So yeah, the room is segmented into spaces for each of the icons. But what I'll have you do is make me a culture's role. Empathy culture. So I've got a two in empathy and a zero in culture. So this is going to go really well. That's two ones. I'm glad this isn't alien. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you're not really sure why they're mad. It doesn't really make any sense to you. Uh, may, May I ask to push that role, please? Certainly, you may push that role. I will simply remind the player and all players at the table here that failed push rolls are bad, as Fida found out very recently. Yes. However, I think it will make them even matter if I go back and go, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay. That paid off so much better. That's two successes. Oh, fantastic. So it takes you a second, but you put it together eventually. They mentioned while you were on the bridge about the chapel having a spot for the faceless one. And in some of the quick reading that you did about the about the system, about the eight wonders that are here, they're out on the whole faceless one. They don't, they not only they do not agree with it, but it's banned from being worshipped. So that's what they're mad about. Is there a private comms system? We've established a couple things, right? Like, all the characters have some sort of comm link. So that comm link is effectively, as I would treat it, like a cell phone. More advanced comm links might have an earpiece as well. So that is something that is is likely possible. Some of you that have more advanced comm links, I would assume that most of those comm links that have earpieces would be worn fairly regularly. I'd say there's likely a way to communicate with people remotely. There are probably also, you know, like visual like armbands that can get messages. Uh, There's no cybernetic implants likely that anyone has here that would do that. Not that there are not cybernetic implants, but but yeah. Icarus is going to shoot a text message, like a visual word message to Captain. Say, uh, should probably make our apologies. There is indeed a station to the Baseless one, should I do anything while I'm down here? Question mark. I get the message. You do. Follow-up message. Should I ask Tamarisk? Question mark. My own personal belief as Amara is that all icons should be worshipped. 
and these folks are ignorant, but I keep that internal and I send a message back to Icarus that says, yes, ask Tamarisk. They are in the cargo hold. Smiley face. Okay. Well, for the the time being, because Icarus doesn't want to leave the offensive iconotry up for our guests, doesn't want to offend them further. If there's just like a bit of cloth or something that she can drape over that station for the time being. Yeah. At least so that it she's not going to deface the station, because that would be very much against what she believes, but she wants to respect their guests and will then ask Tamarisk if they should do something else. Okay. So you head to the cargo hold. Fida, your arm won't stop throbbing. And now that that movement of the ink under your arm is getting to the point where it feels like that. It's like, like maybe you laid on your arm in bed. And so now there's all these pins and needles going down and traveling back up your forearm. I don't think I'm aware the ship's been boarded, am I? You are not. I am not. I am, however, a little bit embarrassed that I am still in my special space pajamas. One size fits most. Your um, 1972 version of space shorts. Yes. Yep. I haven't really familiarized myself with this med bay. I am familiar enough with other med bays, so I'm pretty sure there's probably something in here, like a blanket that I can throw around and over myself. If there's a mirror, I'm going to have a look at that, see if I've got a goose egg going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you certainly do. Just look at the bottom of like a kidney dish and he's just like, oh, man, that's not great. So, yeah, he's going to kind of throw that over his shoulders, the blanket over his shoulders, and he's going to make his way back to his cabin. Okay. Just to get clothes and boots on and just, uh, I feel like hell, but I'll be okay. You step out of Medicurgy and you head left, which is sort of where your cabin is at. And you run straight into a guy in a uniform. Fire's big, but he's also not dressed. He's just like, oh, was there an accident? Who are you? Are you all right? I just woke up in the med bay and I, um, I got a real, <laughs> he just points. Oh, don't know what happened. The guy looks you over a little bit. Oh, by the eight wonders, you you are not doing well. L- l- let me help you. Thank you. Uh, my cabin's just this way. He walks you to it carefully, gets you to the cabin. You know, as he's going along, the fight is kind of putting a couple of things together. He's like, okay, who the fuck would be on board the ship? Okay, okay, you know, system security. Because I don't recognize this guy. Okay, that's fine. And when we're going to that like weird foundationalist, like beyond hardcore extremist system. Okay, okay. As he's talking to him, he's like, "Yeah, yeah." That's. And I have no memories of anything after getting going to stasis. I just woke up there. But he's got the blanket. His arms are under it because he's like, I, I'm pretty sure that they're actually moving. No one else has ever seen that happen. And I don't want a guy who all I know of is this guy's culture is very quick to jump to conclusions. 
based on, you know, we're living in Coriolis and the occasional stories you hear about folks that come back from the shipyards over there. This is me. Mm-hmm. Again, the arms are just under the blankets. Each hand is up to its respective shoulder. He doesn't in any way try to remove the blanket. He just gets you to your bunk so that way you can sit down. And he says, uh, it does look like you've been through quite an ordeal. Is everything all right here on the ship? Thinking about it, it must have just been a bad jump. Was there a security incident? Are you... I've, I, I, as I said, I just woke up. Uh, we're doing a regular inspection that we do at all ships inbound to the system. There have been some um, discouraging events recently, and we're making sure that there no troublemakers are on board. Mm, trying times. We're a new crew. I don't. I don't think we've got anybody who'd. And he just kind of shakes his head. He's like, "I don't think we have anybody like that." Friend, thank you very much. I'll take. If you give me a moment, I'll get dressed and stay here in my bunk while you are on board. He nods and steps out to give you space. And he's just going to close the door. And then just like, this is the first time he's actually looked at them. And he just lifts the blanket down over his arms and he's just looking at the tattoos. Yeah, they're swimming. They're making concentric circles and all sorts of things they should not be doing. (laughs) Yeah, he's looking at the mathematical beauty of the patterns they're making. But he's also like, "Mm, yeah, no, ink's really not meant to do that. I want to move to the cargo bay really quick. As Icarus steps in, getting that full understanding of how long it's been that they've slept and using energy drinks to stay awake, you get to the, the entrance to the cargo bay. Tamarisk, for you, they have finished the three crates. One of them has begun putting things back and reassembling them. The other one walks with you across the cargo bay to where this large black box has been strapped to the wall. He asks you, what is this? Furrow my brow. I'm not certain. This ship's manifest isn't my realm. The captain would know. Very well. He looks around to the left and to the right and then looks... It's a little off the ground, right? It's mounted a little off the ground, so he has to stand up sort of on his toes to see the top of it. And then he walks to the back side of it and you see him pull at one of the straps on the wall and you see it suddenly go slack. Then he goes to the other side and does the other strap. Hmm. He reaches inside portion of this front facing cover, which has two fairly thick handles and he pulls really hard and it sort of comes apart like a big hinge. Icarus, you've managed to get into the cargo bay and you're seeing this box on the wall be unveiled, unwrapped. You see the other guys that are in the, another guy in the bay to the right here that seemingly repacking stuff that was in a cargo container. There are a couple of them that have been taken of, taken uh, inventory of. And there's this hum that goes through your ears in the in, into the left ear and then eventually out the right. Like the harmonics in the room change. As this inspector pulls the front of the box apart, Tamarisk, you see inside of it an elegant shape. It's a vertibike. 
you have a, a passing idea of what they are. So it's like a speeder, except vertibikes are essentially customized and in effect hot rotted versions of them that normally have a collection of sort of motley mismatched parts to make things do things they're not supposed to. But this one is all purpose-built and the front of it has these flaps, these shielding portions that seem to suggest that it would cover the rider. And it's made of a very sweet and supple-looking material. It's definitely a type of metal. But when the front cover of it comes off, it opens like a clamshell. And when it does, there are lights on the top of that portion of the shell that shine down light. And for you, Icarus, at the other end of the bay, seeing that object, seeing ghost here with just all of the proper lighting is breathtaking. Oh, Mike, what are you doing here? (gasps) And she just sort of drifts over to that bike and her eyes are only for this bike. She completely ignores any and everyone else here unless they get in her way. And to be clear to my other crewmates, no, you did not tell Icarus that this bike was here. She is completely and utterly unprepared for the sheer rush of adrenaline and sexual energy that she now feels. Icarus, this is our pilot. Uh, Icarus, and realizing Icarus is not responding in the slightest. Not in the fucking slightest. There's like romance music playing in Icarus's head as she relives the last time she was on this bike outrunning those goddamn mercenaries. There's a slight flush to her cheeks and she totally ignores everyone else. You are not important. So, Tamarisk, I will not ask you for an observation roll because it is obvious. You recognize something the moment that Icarus begins moving down the the ramp to get down to the main portion of the cargo bay. Icarus is not completely within the confines of her flight suit because it's wrapped around her waist. She is not in any way, shape, or form decent for this person here. And like the red flag social faux pas start going off in your head and now you have an incident. Like an actual social incident which you are present for going to try and stop Icarus how would you stop one lover from getting to another how would you interdict yourself in that step in front of her and put my hands on her shoulders her mostly bare shoulders because she's just got the and is it t-shirt or is it a tank top that she was wearing it's a white tank top and her nipples are definitely erect at this moment Oh, my God. Seeing ghosts is a sexual experience for her. So stepping between her and her goal, but also with the intention of kind of shielding her from the gaze of the the inspector. He's already seen her, but I'm respectfully covering her from view as much as possible. For the brief moment that I can step in front of her, because I'm sure she's not going to allow this for very long. Okay. There's a gasp in the room. 
it's not from the inspector that you get in the way from. It is from the other inspector putting things back in the cargo container because given the light and Icarus's movements and all sorts of other things, he is also getting sort of this show in his very conservative mind, a show her shoulders, bare shoulders. Another person touching a, a woman's bare shoulders. What goes on in this ship? <gasps> Icarus. Oh, hey, Tamarisk. Fix your flight suit. Impropriety! Impropriety! You hear it. This inspector start to call, and then he points, like, at the two of you. Icarus, this is very important. Cover yourself now. Blinks, looks down, goes, Oh, wow, I, I, I thought I had done that already. Sorry. It's been, like, four days since I've slept. Shirt on, yep, okay. Goodbye now. I'm just gonna back out of this room. Goodbye. I'll just add that getting the flight suit to zip up is not as easy as you'd, you'd hoped. It's difficult. You manage. It's like the zipper fights you a little bit. It gets stuck on the way up and she has to undo it a little bit to get it back up again. Well, you know, I'm so... Yeah, okay. I've, I've totally done enough good here. Goodbye. The... Inspector behind you, Tamarisk, says, Explain yourself. Our pilot has not slept in several days, and likely it was a misstep in judgment. It was not intended as a slight or a breach of your customs. She tends to get a little scatterbrained when she hasn't slept very much, and none of us have slept. He begins wagging a finger. I will make my recommendations to Bijan immediately. This toy. He slams the shell holder back closed and the lights dim in the cargo and all the extra special mechanical sexual magic leaves the room for the moment. And then he storms off towards the bridge. Internally face palming. Yeah. You're worried not just for the ship and the crew, but this could be reputation harming for you. Following social cues and the important rules is really, really important for you because that's how you get into spaces that nobody else does. There might be a way to socially fix this, but it's like active bomb defusal that you'll have to do, at least verbal bomb defusal. So, Fida, you get your get your pants on and your other articles of clothing, and you exit your your berth. I'm going to scuttle my way down to the engineering bay because I realized they might go there looking for anything. They might think I have a smuggler's panel there, which I don't. It's not there. It's somewhere else. You start heading that way and you see you run into Icarus. It's the first person you run into. So if you could, Icarus, give us your um, visual physiological state. Maybe what other emotions you might be letting go. Icarus is still flushed, but looks more embarrassed and maybe a little frustrated it's like oh hi hi um oh how's it going not good <laughs> you just nod slowly okay i apparently was walking around uh without my jacket zipped up and that was apparently very very bad that's uh yeah that's a bit of a faux pas yeah yeah 
So I'm gonna sequester myself and take a nap because it looks like we're not going anywhere. And he's just like, just nodding slowly. The mustache is covering his lips because they're cur- they're pretty tight. He's just like, mm-hmm, that's all right. Well, is any is there anything I, I should know? Oh, we're, we've, we've been boarded. I, 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 one of the nice guards told me. Oh, great. Is there anything else I should know? Is there? They don't like us a whole lot right now. All right. And so, something about the icons in our chapel, they, they they weren't thrilled with with that. Well, I mean, they've, yeah, one of them said uh, maybe, maybe the eight, and uh, I get the feeling maybe we might have misstepped. Well, at the same time, the ship's not long out of dock. We can maybe use that as an excuse. I don't like not having nine. There is an alternative design I've seen on a few ships for the chapel where there are eight berths, but they're asymmetrically laid out. Well, for, for, for the time being, I covered the faceless one with some cloth to, like, just sort of try to be respectful, but I get the feeling I should probably hide. I, I think I pissed off both groups of very conservative men. That, that'll happen. Yeah, probably for the best, so, to uh, sequester yourself away and join a, join a nunnery. Yes, I will be nothing but Propriety in my age as I wither away behind walls of something. I don't know. <laughs> he just kind of shrugs at you. He's like, I, I just said a thing that I heard one time. Maybe I'll try to find a monastery. I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to go sleep now. You do that, bud. Yeah, okay. Nice sleeves. Are you hiding your tattoos on purpose? We are dealing with conservative folks who... Oh my god, do they not like piercings? I should hide my nose ring. <gasps> it's too late. And you actually notice that he's tied, like, the big mane that's always out, and nearly as wide as his shoulders, is now, like, tied back in at least a ponytail, but he's just like, yep. He just puts a ha- big meaty slab on your shoulder. He's like, it might do no harm to conform going forward. After a nap. After, yes. Yeah, okay. Good night. I think I think my room's there. It's right there, yes. You managed to stumble into it without creating any more improprieties. Kaina, you went at the captain's request to do something that you do a lot of, which is prepare tea. Yeah. So I'll ask the player, what kind of tea are you preparing? Do we go with some fancy made up tea or should I just make some make some basic just tea you can tell me what you'd like the tea you know if there are any flavors that you would like to put into it if there are any purposes behind it perhaps something to calm people I mean chances are honestly probably just that I make like a big pot of an herbal tea that's kind of richer in more earthy flavors so there's probably sage there's definitely cardamom there's definitely cinnamon there's it's gonna be like a richer like spiced tea okay and I'm making it with the intention of you know serving to people who are going to expect me to be a little bit more reserved it's not something that I'm unaccustomed to I've dealt with a little bit of this not 
massive amounts, but I was raised in a culture where, you know, having more of myself covered is more natural. So I'm a little more familiar to that. It's just not quite as of an extreme from where I come from. You prepare the tea and prepare enough, you know, cups to take it out back to the bridge. It's likely that there would be a space in the bridge, a small alcove where tea could properly be, a tea set could probably be placed and then served for members of the crew. That's totally normal. For your part, Captain, they have been looking at logs. There's not a whole lot to see here, though, which is nice. You do notice that the lead inspector, Armin Bajan, does read that the vessel is owned by Liam Arhoon. Like, you see him read that information. And there is a slight change in his body language. Like, for the positive or for the, we're going to jail you. Oh, no, no, not for that. The nipples will get you jailed. That's, well, we'll get to that. Yeah, I'm waiting. I haven't heard about that yet, so. No, you haven't. I think that it's only fair to allow the players to hopefully uh, undo that situation that has been done. At least maybe. I I try to be a fair and, and just judge of the Chronicle, but sometimes you just make it too easy. After the data inspection, the tea arrives. And with the tea and some... Reasonable respect. The inspectors seem to be a little less agitated for the moment. Amara, I'm going to give you an observation roll. What's observation? It is a roll that comes with a complication. So it is a non-standard one difficulty. It's difficulty two. I rolled five dice and I got two successes. Very good. You see a recent message on the flight control system while you're in and around the bridge. And you see a message that was originally shown to Icarus, which displays, help me, I'm being held against my will. Is there anybody still up at that station? No. But I'll go ahead and give you that observation, too, that there are a couple of of these inspectors that are still here, and one that is paying very, now very close attention to what you are looking at. He's a little young. He's probably in his late teens, early 20s. And he does not look like he wants to be here at all. What's the other officer doing? He's enjoying tea. And he's, I suppose, likely sharing some polite conversation with Kynot as they are enjoying the tea. As long as he's not paying attention, I I look at the the younger man and kind of motion him over with, with my eyes. He very carefully walks towards you, but his gaze doesn't break from where... The other inspectors are, and he comes around the side of the station so that way their backs are more to him. Yes, Captain. Do you mind looking at something with me? He looks over, sort of over the navigational control. He couldn't see the view screen from where he's at, right? So it's like a monitor that's facing you, and he's on the back side of it. And he says, I, I think I know what that already says. I type on the pad. Or on the station. He looks looks down at it. I type out, how are you being kept against your will? He crosses, goes around one end of it, using their turned backs as, as a moment of opportunity, and he types, indentured servitude, help. 
And you can sort of feel the weight of his anxiety and concern. I feel my my anger rise inside me. Because if there's one thing that I don't like, I don't like slavery. It's an ugly, ugly thing. And in a society which is very top-down as far as its structure, and unfortunately when it is top-down in a male structure and in a heavy religious structure, it can happen. It is something that is present in the Third Horizon. It is something that the Free League especially fights against pretty hard. As much as I want to help him, I I can't with these five-armed individuals. Because if we fight back and take them out, we're never going to make it past this mission. And we might not anyways because of whatever Icarus did in the cargo bay, which I don't know about. That's correct. I type back on the data pad, I, I wish we could help you, but if we try to help you, then we are as good as dead. Your fingers are flying on that pad. Mm-hmm. He types in Wasta on Ramasi. I erase what he wrote, and is that where you're staying? I can meet you there. Just promise me safe passage. If you can meet us there, we will give you safe passage. Thank you. You hear a call up from the passageway that leads to the bridge. You hear, Inspector! Inspector! Impropriety! I whip my head around. You see one of these inspectors come in. You'd have heard this as well, Fida. You'd have heard a man from the cargo bay where you were heading back towards sort of... You'd have seen him likely passing you at a clip. And as he got closer and closer to where the passageway leads to the bridge... He would have begun saying impropriety. He comes in and the, becomes the center of attention for just a moment. And he walks over to Armand, his lead, and says, Impropriety, the, the ship is covered in it. That is blasphemy. He turns, he whips around and, and looks at you and says, You mind your tongue, Captain. I watched one of your crew walk through the cargo bay nearly naked. Nobody is naked on this ship. That is against the Icon's will. Yes, it is. All eight of them. Nobody on this ship worships the Faceless One. I do like the aggressive ball face lying. That's that's always helpful. It's a it's a good it's a good look for you. Armand turns to you and says, "Is this true? Do you have crew members here walking around half clothed, not covered?" I take a deep breath. Sir, we have traveled a long distance in a very short amount of time. We are running on no sleep. We are not trying to disrespect you or the icons. Anything that might have happened was purely accidental. And that crew member will be firmly disciplined by my hand or or someone else's. Tamers, could you headed to the bridge as well? Absolutely. You're in hot pursuit of this, and so you you get the full breadth of this conversation. Kainat, you're there as well. So you, the three of you are sort of seeing this exchange go back and forth. That inspector is still red-faced and a little foamy at the mouth, I think. He's, he's out for blood in some way, shape, or form. But that doesn't mean it can't be diffused. It just has to be properly addressed. I look over at Tamarisk as as they walk in. As the captain said, we have had very little sleep 
and Icarus is young and has not traveled much. She needs training. She needs to be instructed so that she follows the rule of the icons properly. She needs to be supervised. She did not intend to violate your propriety. And yet she pierces her body and cavorts without a head covering. She needs instruction. She is from a place that does not follow the same traditions and she must be instructed. And who would give her instruction? You? The captain? I, of course, can instruct her. Well, someone must, seemingly, for she has no sense. She has no shame. Children often have no sense. Well, she is a child. In some ways, she is not responsive culturally as she should be. Sometimes one must learn as if they are a child. Very well. All right, Tamarisk. Let's see what you got. Oh, dear. I'm going to give you the option of empathy manipulation. Mm-hmm or empathy culture, depending upon how you'd like this role to go. With empathy culture, you're going to connect with this person and reassure them that culturally, you're going to be the person who's going to take care of it. And you're going to make that a truthful statement. With empathy manipulation, you're going to coat, slather this person with as many lies as possible to convince them that you're going to do it, but then you're not actually going to do it. So which one would you put your heart behind? I think empathy culture, because I, it is important to me to follow cultural traditions when I'm in a place other than my own, and I would want Icarus to follow the rules. Plus, if she doesn't, we're going to get in trouble further down the line, so it's in my best interest to ensure that she does follow the rules. So, it's going to be seven, two successes. So that's enough. You buy off the complication of the impropriety and you, through a steadfast and firm voice, reassure a series of inspectors that you're going to put things right, that you're going to teach her, and you give them the impression, the firm impression, that you'll be effective in it. The inspector produces a form and hands it to you for your thumbprint. We'll expect regular reports on her progress. Of course. The lead inspector turns to you and says, Captain Kazra, I don't have any other reasons to hold you here. Although I am concerned about the vehicle in the cargo bay. Uh, we are on an archaeology expedition. And that will be one of the tools that we use. I see. Are you aware that its signature is of a military designation? I was not aware. Um, that came from our benefactor, our patron. Yes, I saw the paperwork there. To assist us when we arrive at Menkar. Oh, Menkar. Splendid. Yes. Well, we shall hope that you do all... Uh, all you can to be uh, diligent and safe within the system here. Make your way and refuel. And if I might suggest, perhaps some rest for your crew. 
I think that is a splendid idea. Thank you for that suggestion. And thank you for the tea. That is most generous. We appreciate that. May the eight wisdoms guide you. And you. They all seem to sort of react when you talk about the eight. Like, as soon as you say it, everybody's head turns. It's more than a little creepy. It's like in the movie with the hot fuzz when they say the greater good. Everybody says it at the same time. They leave one by one, exiting back into the airlock and eventually into their own patrol craft. Captain, you notice Austin is the last to go. And he goes with a fair amount of trepidation. I just nod at him. Do the shooing sign off the ship. The airlock seals back up and the craft, after a little bit of creaking, does seem to release the periphery back into open space. Rakam's voice comes overhead. Oh, I thought they'd never leave. Same here. I turn to Tamarisk. Icarus is under your purview. Believe me, I am aware. I am so very, very aware. She's a wonderful pilot, but she's going to get us killed. Well, I'll do my best to prevent that as much as possible. But uh, you may need to make it very clear to her she does, in fact, need to listen to me. Because, as she's so eloquently put it, she has a problem with authority figures. Well... She needs a little little education. Quite a bit of it, actually. She like from some backwater planet? Well, just a little insinuation here and there can help. Prejudice and so on. You know how it is. Once she's had some sleep, she and I will have to have some lessons in deportment. Wonderful. I will reiterate with her that those are required. Excellent. I'll do my best. My very, very best. So I'll just say for your part, Icarus, sleep comes very quickly. Very, very quickly. And at first you don't dream at all. But eventually your hair is rushing backwards. The wind in your face. The hum of the bike underneath you. And all you can see just out of the tiny little viewport when you crouch down on a ghost is a cityscape and it goes on for miles the straightaways are just clean and perfect that's the dream baby for the rest of you getting the ship on a standard piloting course to head towards Ramasi is not hard it barely takes a piloting role at all and anything else the ship's AI can certainly clean up What it does afford you is an opportunity to actually rest outside of stasis and maybe feel like a little human once more. So I'd like to know what the conscious members of the crew are going to do at this point. My forearms are just getting worse and worse. I've got to uh, do something about that. So I'm going to close the door to the engineering bay and I'm going to lock and bar it, take off the jacket and just put both arms out in front of me look at them Mm -hmm. as I watch the tattoos moving and swirling and just shifting geometric patterns Fight is going to kind of try and calm down and breathe and he's going to put his hands against the shielding of the power core okay 
Because I have to go down a couple of ladders and stuff to get here. But, you know, engineering is not that small a place. He's going to put his hands against it and try and open himself up mentally and spiritually and see if he can find some, some way of understanding what he's dealing with. Yeah, I think that it's reasonable methodology. The reason his hands are against the power core is so that he can tie his consciousness, not to his own breathing, but to the thrum of this constant steady state as it is powering the ship and all the systems that he needs and that everybody else needs. And he's just letting himself sink back into that thrum as it courses through his fingertips up into his palms and through his arms. Okay. So why don't you give me an empathy roll? Mm-hmm. Two successes. You feel a pretty solid connection when you start reaching out. Maybe it is the vibration of the power core itself that helps bring you closer to a place where you feel less stress. I think that's probably the best way to put it for, for the moment. Mm-hmm. You get this rising feeling like you're struggling to breathe for a second and then it it begins to calm and the tattoos move a little slower that is an improvement at least i have to find out what the fuck is causing this in the first place but you know he's just taking this time to just okay i don't know if i'm grounding myself and getting energy out of me from the tattoos into the world or you know their movement is tied to my state in some way so he's just opening himself up to the system this whole process is going to take a while certainly and he's just going to slowly kind of probe it and see if he can form that connection that he kind of feels he needs to understand what the ship is telling him with every noise and every kind of slight change in pitch around him those come after a while the image of the ship gets a lot more aligned in your mind Just by doing this sort of meditative state, you're able to, with your mind's eye, reach out and see everything from a couple different vantage points. You can see the ship as it exists in space in the sense that you have seen it in dry dock and you know what it looks like. You have so far been in many of the different places and areas on the ship, and you're seeing places that you haven't yet been little pockets of space between the inner and outer hull. You start getting these images of the wiring inside of the walls and being able to move through those spaces. Yeah, he's just going with this. There's no resistance on his part. He's trying to just not think about his arms and to just to lean into what's happening. I don't know if he has a conscious kind of oh, what I'm doing is I'm relaxing my breathing and blah, blah, blah. It's just, this makes me feel better. I am doing this. (laughs) Yeah, it's what you go with. You don't really have a ton of conscious thought. You have a lot of meditative and eventually subconscious thought. And then you lose consciousness at some point. You don't even know when. You get relaxed to the point where you sort of fall back in the geometric patterns in your own mind. So we'll leave you there. Yep, sounds good. 
what's Kynot doing as an opportunity to sleep has finally arrived? Mostly just wondering how I'm going to uh, talk to the captain about this ship AI without hopefully interruption from the ship AI. That's something that I'll be thinking about like while I'm getting ready for bed. And it's something that's just been nagging in the back of my mind because as far as I'm aware, generally speaking, ships don't keep secrets from the crew. And it's mildly concerning. So I have questions. Okay. Yeah. You you tumble around in your thoughts a little bit about something a little bit more than a conversational AI that's aboard this ship. Didn't Fida say that there there were no records of there being an artificial intelligence? Usually those things are pretty well documented. And their parameters would be documented too. Yeah. What systems they're hooked up into? Why? And for how long? And what the expectation is? There's no paperwork on that. That's real strange. Anyway, Tamarisk, who's just um, connected with a new contract now for her evidently charge now. Icarus, who doesn't even know that yet because she's sleeping and dreaming of vibrating motorcycles. Tamarisk is going to meditate to try and get their brain back under control because it's a lot of adrenaline, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, and they're struggling a little bit with the meditation because coming down off that high of the adrenaline rush, but also they can't light their incense because they don't want the scent on their clothes for when they land because that would be inappropriate. So some of the things that they would normally do to calm themselves down and to lean into the meditation are no longer available to them for the moment. Are you telling me you stew? Yes. Okay. It's an attempt at meditation, but it's it doesn't go that way. It's a lot more thought spirals. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you don't have an opportunity yet to say to Icarus or, or broach a conversation about why things went the way they did. It's a whole ball of stuff. So lastly, Captain, if you would, are you sleeping in the captain's chair or are you going to quarters? I am going to quarters, but first I'm going to go to the chapel. Mm-hmm. And I am going to take the cover Icarus had put over the faceless one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take that off and just shake my head. Ignorant. Put it off to the side in case we need it again. Because I don't know if anybody on board does worship the Faceless One. That is truly none of my business. You haven't really had those conversations. And we might not. But we might. And then I am going to head off to my quarters. Take the shawl off my head, hang it up on a hook off to the side of my bed, because I'm sure I will need it again very shortly, and crawl into bed. Really glad that we did not end up in any sort of jail or camp, prison camp, or as an indentured servant somewhere. And then remember that I have to tell the crew we are going to take on a new passenger when we fuel up. I can't wait for the next episode. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Children of the Periphery. We greatly appreciate your listening ears. We hope you've enjoyed our little boarding party we had today. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.